Good afternoon. You are listening to the Grit and Grace Recovery Hour talk radio show that is being brought to you by the Rockdale County Stepping Up Initiative. You can continue listening to us on the Cat 10 ENT Network by downloading the His Hop Radio app. Thank you for listening and we hope you enjoy the show. gentlemen out there radio land and this is bill once again we're coming to you with the grit and grace recovery hour and, and you know what a privilege it is and first and foremost before we get off to the cosmos shout out to our sponsors the rockdale county stepping up initiative you know just we couldn't do this without them without them this wouldn't be happening so we would just like to thank them especially our fearless leader commissioner doreen williams because it's her vision and her insight that, is, that has given us an opportunity to create these platforms and to become part of the development of a recovery community here in Rockdale and more importantly, in our lives. And, and for that, we are truly grateful. And with that being said, we just wanna once again, thank her. Shout out the Hurricane Maine and the Hurricane Maine show. Shout out to His Hop Nation, because that's the network. Shout out to Cat 10 Entertainment, that's Hurricane Maine's channel. And you can go on the Grit and Grace RCO Facebook page and you will find tutorials that will show you how to download the His Hop app out of the app store. And then you have access to, to the radio show. The radio show goes every Wednesday at 12 noon and it is recast on Thursday at 1 p.m. So with that being said, we are grateful and thankful to come to all you people out there in Radio Land again and again and again. Hello, everyone. We are here again another Wednesday on the Grit and Grace Recovery Hour. And today we have some special guests with us from our recovery community here in Rockdale. And we're going to go around and we're going to introduce ourselves. We can start first with the lady of the hour. Amy, you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Yes, T. My name is Amy. I am an alumni of the Rockdale County Accountability Court Program, and I'm happy to be here, share my story. Thank you, Amy. All right, Devontae, you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Okay, my name is Devontae Roseberry. I'm just glad to be here to participate in it. So I'm glad to tell my story. Thank you. Thank you. We are glad that you're here. And we have Way from the Apollo <laughs> here with us. Tell everybody in Radio Land, hey, and introduce yourself, Way. Yo, good afternoon, Radio Land. Thank you, T, for having me today. My name is Way Law. I'm coming live from the Apollo, but I'm I'm actually stationed in um, Georgia, and I'm just here to share my story today about my recovery. Thank you, thank you, Way. I guess first we can just get started and let's talk about how did we get here? Like what brought us here? I know we came out of some, you know, rough times. We had some experiences that we dealt with. Let's give people out there a little glimpse of our story and kind of what brought us down this road. Devontae, you want to start and, and say what brought you here? Um, What brought me here? Being on the wrong path, being around the wrong people being influenced by the wrong thing, you know, 
Well, at an early age, you know, I was playing sports and everything. So I was I was on that path. But then I got off the path when I was like 15 when I started hanging around my cousins and everything. And I had moved from um from the area and I moved back. And then I started hanging with them and they was like, man, all we do over here, we just smoke and chill, you know. We don't really do that. I'm like, okay, that's cool. So I started hanging with them and then started going down the wrong path, started smoking, started drinking, started popping pills. And that just led me to being locked up from like like 17 until now. Well, last month, really, I've just been in and out of jail. So, you know, that what really brought me here. Right, right. Yeah. Wait, tell us a little bit about your story. How how did you get here? My story, guys, uh, my story. So I've gotten here. It's it's I'm sure it's for plenty of reasons. Um, yes, I overindulged in alcohol and I abused, I smoked, um, I popped pills as well. But I would like to really say that it's from me not being able to control my my emotions and control my actions. I allowed these substances to make choices for me. And throughout my whole life, it being a social defect. So as I was growing up, these things was around me. I was this is this was the way of life. When I came outside, everyone was drinking. When I came outside, everybody was smoking. And I, at one point, I thought it was the rite of passage. You know, you're not you're not the big homie or, or or the brother that that they love unless you are out there drinking and doing a bunch of nonsense. Um, I'm originally from New York, so we live by slogan. It, it is what it is, and that's literally what we done. We we done things and 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 chalked it up to it is what it is, and. That's what ultimately drove me down the wrong path of thinking that everything needs a drink. If I'm upset, I need to drink. If I get a win, I need to drink. If if I'm if I'm depressed, I need to drink. Drinking does not solve not one issue or make any situation any better. I learned that while being active in my recovery and being in this program. I got promoted and Ultimately, I went out and started drinking, knowing I live 40 minutes from where we're drinking at. And I'm saying to myself, I can make it home. Like, you might make it home, but will you really make it home? So I made it all the way to Kanye's and I got arrested right in front of my home. So I made it home. Right? I made it home, but I didn't make it home. So it was ultimately a bad decision. And I know that now before I felt it was the best decision for me. Like, oh, I'm not going to sleep in my car. I'm not going to sleep it off. I'm going to go and try to make it home. So it's, it's just it feels bad decisions and it gives you confidence in the wrong areas of yourself. And things like that all my life have put me in and out of jail, tickets, spend countless of money. I guaranteed I didn't spend close to a million dollars paying off all kind of things because I was even too drunk. Um, tickets, parking tickets, saying I really don't give a F about things and not taking care of things, not handling my responsibilities. So, yeah, that's for Lampy. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that way. Mm-hmm. Um, that's powerful, powerful. Amy, Amy, share with us a little bit about what got you here. I'll definitely share a little bit because if I shared a lot of it, we'd have to do a whole bunch of different radio shows to get all of my story out. But, um, my my issues stem from a childhood trauma and you know trauma is definitely the gateway to addictive behaviors and mental health issues when you become an adult 
And um, my entire life, I grew a perfect veneer. And if anything ever tested that, you know, anyone thought that I wasn't perfectly okay, I would turn to something to change the way I felt about that. And, um, you know, I tried a little bit of everything to not be who I was. And alcohol was the one that stuck. And it stuck in the worst way. And what brought me here was my last little hoorah. I literally was walking distance from my house, but the nature of who I am, I was a secret drinker. So I thought it was a good idea to take me a little pint in a park. And that's the last thing I remember. And then I now, I, you know, ended up in DUI court and did what I had to do. And and I've been sober for over a year and a half, but it took me probably six years to find this amount of sobriety. So that's just, you know, the little bit of the tip of the iceberg is what brought me here. What brought me here is I had nothing else anymore. And I think for some people like myself, you have to have nothing left to be able to find that you are your own biggest problem and then start to address it. Yes, yes, absolutely. And I'll share with everyone my story. Um, I'm Tanisha and I'm a person in long-term recovery, but I have not always been a person in, in recovery at all. You know, before recovery, I did exactly like what Wade said, and I, I used drinking as my coping um, for everything, good or bad. You know, there were times when I spent 30 day spurts in jails or, you know, had to turn myself in and things like that, missed my kids' birthdays because I was in jail the back and forth. Then I started getting the continuous DUIs one after another, you know, and I think at that point was like, okay, enough is enough. Just knowing that the, the example that I was setting before my kids was just, you know, it was, it wasn't what I wanted to leave. So, I mean, for me, I guess my darkest moments is just being in jail and knowing that that was the place that was holding me away from being in my kids' lives and being seen as the mother that I wanted to be seen. Um, that's kind of what, you know, really brought me in or what made me surrender because what brought me in was the handcuffs, you know, and, and that contract that we hear Grady talk about, you know, signing that contract into DUI court, but, you know, just just me actually surrendering it was because of all of that stuff and not being able to be there for my kids. And I guess I kind of went on into the next question, but I guess I can ask you all, what was that, what was the the point that actually made you decide? What was your catalyst to make you change your mind about wanting to change your lifestyle and wanting recovery for yourself? We can start with you, Way. All right. I knew I was going to be first, by the way. I don't know why, but I didn't know. But yeah, honestly, I I believe my life, the life I led up until now was, it wasn't digestible. It left me in a place where nothing was resolved and I was still dealing with, at 33, I was still dealing with problems that I was finding at 23. And when I entered this program, at first I was in denial, you know, about having a, a problem or what my problem was. And um, when I had got a chance to take self-inventory, I kind of downloaded in my mind on how, like, I, I read the first step and I started writing my phase one and I started pouring all these things onto the paper. And it started downloading in my mind that 
I have a real big emotional problem and my emotions controlled a lot of my actions. I was acting on impulse. I wasn't thinking about anything. So then I started thinking about when did I stop thinking? When, when, how many times did I stop thinking throughout the course of my life? And every time I thought about it, I had a bottle in my hand. Like every time I stopped and thought, like, I didn't think about that. I had a bottle in my hand. I had some kind of substance in my hand. So I, I started narrowing it down and I was like, Wade, you're not resolving anything. Like you're not resolving nothing. You're truly just trying to suppress exactly what's going on with you, which you're not suppressing. Because it comes right back. As soon as you sober up, that one tick of sober, it comes right back. And you're not dealing with anything. Once I realized that, I was like, I was I was hooked on this recovery thing. I was like, wow. And so much in 30 days, because that's how long phase one was. In 30 days, I learned so much about myself enough to say enough is enough. And it started and things started to I started to fix small things in my life that I, I truly, one, didn't even know it was a problem. You know, I call in, I started asking, you know, my children, mom about things like, yo, was I, was I doing X, Y, and Z to you? Did I hurt you when I said, I said this? And she was like, yeah, like that's <laughs> part of the reason why we're not together today, you know? And I'm just like, in my head at the time, I'm like, I thought, I, I thought I was doing the right, I thought I said the right thing. Or I, I said it to you correctly. And she was like, not at all. Like, not at all. You were, you were brutally, if you were being honest, you were brutally honest, but you were very harsh and you came off disrespectful and arrogant. And, and now I, I can't even be, I'm not that way. Like I'm not that way. And I'm sitting to myself and I realized that I'm not that way. I was pretending. So every time I took a sip, I became a pretender. And that's one thing I'm not. I'm not a fake person. Like, I'm not fake. I, I strive at that every day not to be fake. Like, if I'm going to tell you something, I'm going to speak my heart. But when I take a sip, all of a sudden, I'm, I'm a totally different person. Nah, that's not me. So that from that the first 30 days in the program, I realized that I, I truly had something to work on. And I was all in. I put in 100 percent. And I. And I'm I'm here. I'm here and I'm happy and I'm grateful. I feel grateful. Yes. And I can I can actually say that I was, you know, I was there for those first 30 days that you were in there and I was in the class with you. So I can I can be a witness and attest to and applaud you for that, because a lot of people coming in those first 30 days, they're so defiant and, you know, still trying to. And Amy, I know you probably witnessed this, like when we first come in the program, a lot of people are you know, oh, I don't want to be here, you know, and it takes a big person to be able to drop that guard, pull that wall down, you know, and just surrender right there from the beginning in those first 30 days and really do the internal work and really take it seriously. Because that's, I think that's really what worked for me is just when I came into the program saying, okay, I'm going to go into this thing with an open heart and an open mind and truly try to understand what's going on with Tanisha, you know what I mean? And I saw you doing that in those first 30 days. Even when they asked you to do your phrase one over, you was like, well, I got to do it over. But okay, you know what? I already did. You had to check yourself. And right. so I applaud you on that because a lot of people, they don't check themselves and don't recognize and, and start to question, where am I wrong? You know? Yeah. So I applaud you on that. Um, Amy, so what was, what was your catalyst or what made you decide that, you know, 
recovery was for you. This is what you wanted. Well, I think, um, like I said, it took me six years to to get here. But in the beginning, I was using recovery as really just kind of a reset so I could keep going back to drinking. Like I would go to detox after detox after detox and say all the right things and play the game through whatever rehab I had to do afterwards. And then have a doctor tell me, oh, your liver enzymes look great. Boom, I'm back out there again. You know, because I was on a fast path to cirrhosis and death. I had the liver probably an 80-year-old about four years ago. And in my last checkup, my liver looked really good. So I've really reversed the damage that I've done to myself. But me about three years ago, if you'd have told me, oh, your your liver is looking great, I would be that day back inside a bottle. Right. I think what finally got me to the point of discovery, which is another way I like to call recovery is discovery, was I'd never really had consequences. I had, like I said, I had detox after detox, but, you know, I had, was able to do that because I had a great job, a great career that I managed to hold on to and get promotions and get new projects, all while continuing to drink like a fish and, you know, fool everybody. And I think the fooling everybody was just as exciting as, as getting drunk was. And when piece by piece, all of that started to fall away, I still had family and friends that would pick me up and help me out. When I lost everything, I went to live with my sister and, you know, was given a new a new opportunity. I had a whole, you know, space in her house dedicated to me. And, you know, she was paying my car payment. We're going to help you get back on your feet. Well, that wasn't a consequence. That was permission. Right. And I took advantage of it because I'm an addict and an alcoholic. And that's what we do. So when I lost all of that, I found myself at Grand. When I left Grand, it wasn't very long after that. I was in a hotel drunk getting hauled off by the police because I didn't pay to stay there. And I ended up homeless. And it wasn't until I finally was like, I have nothing else. <laughs> I mean, I literally have nothing else. Mm -hmm. And I had to start looking at me and becoming a lot more open-minded and not just with, not just do what I had done my entire life, which was skate around the surface and just get by. I couldn't bullcrap my way through a step four. Right. When I got that, and realized that my entire life I've been resentful at people who didn't know I wasn't okay. Mm -hmm. So not speaking up has been my biggest character defect my entire life is not speaking up and just expecting everyone to know I'm not okay. Mm -hmm. So now it's a lot easier to say I'm not okay. Mm -hmm. And it's a strength and it's a strength that keeps me moving forward because when I'm not okay, I can say it and I know I'm going to get real talk help not surface crap so that's how that's what finally clicked for me you know yeah. we always say in addiction and, and alcoholism you are your biggest problem and i know i am yeah i i had to realize that too man i i knew that tanisha had been trying to do it for the last 30 something years and she couldn't get it right so i had to lean on something else so i get it amy i really do uh Devante, tell me about what has because you seem to be pretty serious about your recovery. You've been invested in our, our Zoom meetings and, and everything. Tell me what, you know, what's your catalyst or what, what makes you take your recovery seriously? Oh, man. Uh, well, I feel a little bit like, well, you know, being this pretend person that I should have never been. You know, I was living this little facade for a little minute, like for 11 years, I can say, since I was 15, I'm 26 now. So, yeah, that's, that's 11 years. I would just. I was just in this in this place where I didn't even 
I really didn't even recognize myself for real. I was just, I was just doing things. I didn't, well, I didn't have no control over myself. I was just going with the flow of life and the flow of life was the wrong way, you know, because I was, I was around the wrong people. The wrong, like, like he said again, like it, you wasn't cool or you wasn't this, this ideal person if you wasn't, you know, smoking or drinking and all this. So I was hanging around the wrong crowd. They wasn't going nowhere fast. And I see myself not going nowhere fast too. So, you know, I was just going down this path and I thought the path that I was on was the path of destruction or something. But all the while it was the path of destruction, you know. So um, just hanging around the wrong people, man, for 11 years, it, it really like I was, I just see myself just going face first into the ground, you know. Yeah. So um, I guess what really, really turned my life around was the last time I got locked up. Cause I mean, I, I don't, I've been locked up since I was, I've been in and out of jail since I was 17. I done been in prison before and all that. And that really ain't, all that never clicked to me until my last time when I was, well, like I was out here, I was selling weed and everything. So um, I was, I was making a little money, but I was just, I was like, man, I'm tired of this because I wake up early in the morning and I don't come back home until late at night. So I'm missing, I'm missing the time with my son and my family, my, and my nephew and everything. And I wasn't really being a person who I was really supposed to be, you know? Mm-hmm. So me and being locked up, like even when I was locked up before, like I would, I would just, you know, BS around in there, just trying to get back out to, to the streets instead of having, you know, God with me and all that. I was just thinking I can just live it by myself. But, um, but this time I was in there, I was reading self-help books, you know, that like this book called Man of God and, it's a another book, adult children. Like, I don't read like at least about thirty books in five months. Like I, I, I would just read them, you know. So and then I was in the program, the RCEP program. Like I was really was just trying to do anything and everything to change my life around because I was I was sick of it because you know, I was just like every time I see myself starting going back to square one, I still do the same thing, thinking I'm going to change, like thinking it'd be a different outcome this time. But really, I was I was just doing the same thing over and over. Again. So. So yeah, like I was, I was reading all type of books. I was in the program, and I heard about this the drug court program while I was locked up. I was like, well, maybe that'll, you know, help me prolong, you know, my my sobriety. Like when I get out, so it can really help me out, you know. So I took this route, and even when I was locked up, I was like, all right, it was. I heard you can get out like the same day you sign up for drug court and all that. So I was like, all right, yeah, I'm just trying to find a fast right, you know, fast route out, but. I got in here and I started working in it and, you know, participating in everything. I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, this is where I really need to be. So, you know, you was yeah. coming to a real family, a real home. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, instead of, you know, running from it, like I heard a lot of people do, you know, and just, you know, BS around, I really embraced it. You know, I'm really trying to get, get the whole advantage and take everything that's offered to me. So, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. That's what that's. You're in the right place. I will say that you got some people around you, man. Man, it's powerful from what I see in our recovery community. I haven't been a part of any other one, but I know for sure this one right here has been solid. We would like to thank our leader, Commissioner Dr. Doreen Williams, the Rockdale County Sheriff's Office, along with other numerous partners and stakeholders that are taking the initiative to create change for the Rockdale County recovery community. We know that it takes all parts of a community to carry out this vision 
and together we are stronger. I just want to go around. Let, let me just ask everybody, what does recovery mean to you? Because I feel like every day recovery means something different to me, you know? So I'll start with Amy. Amy, I love to hear you talk about recovery. So I'm, I'm going to ask you first, what does recovery mean to you today? Um, I agree with you 100%. T, recovery changes for me every day. I have to say today, recovery is opportunity for me. Doors are being opened that I never even considered in the past. You know, when I've tried to get sober before and living in recovery, it was mostly to get back to my career that I've got an education and experience in doing. But through this process, I went and caught me some feelings for recovery. And that's what I want to do. I want to keep helping people because that's what's going to keep me sober. At the end of the day, I am saving my life. So what recovery means to me is helping other people achieve recovery so that I can save my life. Yes. Yes. Hey, Way, you want to tell us, what do, what do you feel today recovery means to you? Oh, man. I'm a lot like Amy, to be honest. Um, recovery... Right, so, and to not to to compliment actually what you were saying about um, this being the first and only program that you've been in. Like this is it's the same for me. I've never been in a, any recovery program, but for this to be my first, this is the best place and best place for me. I I really believe that God put me here for a reason, and um, what recovery really means to me today is honestly is it's not. I wouldn't say a fresh start. But it's the start. It's the start of everything. It's it's everything that I once believed. It's changed the way of your your thinking. And let's start anew because obviously the way you were thinking was wasn't the best for you. And it's it's very encouraging. Every day I wake up, I'm I'm grateful and tell you the truth, I, I feel I feel glorified in a way. Like I glorify myself. Like it, it feels so light. Like I, I put that in one of my phases that everything in my life got so much lighter. I'm not carrying around so much weight, just being honest with myself. And it's, it's crazy because like what I was, what I was, I could not have been that person for real. I couldn't have been that person for real. If, if I'm feeling so much lighter now and, and speaking my truth and, and holding myself accountable and really, truly it's about me. And Feels so much better. And recovery really means excitement, fulfillment. It's so many words that it means to me right now, and it, I'm just I'm excited about to see where it goes. Yes, yes, thank you. Yes, I can relate to that too. Devante, tell us what recovery means to you today. Oh man, I feel like a brand new person now that I'm in recovery. So I could say recovery. What recovery means to me? I feel like it's just a whole life of us. Birth, you know, like, because I'm not the same person who I was just five months ago when I was, you know, locked up. Well, when I first got incarcerated, I was like, I'm not that, um, so far from that person. That person, I can say he's dead and gone, you know. Like, I feel like, wait a minute, I'm I'm so excited because, like, I don't, for real, I ain't even want to start smoking and drinking and, you know, popping pills and all. I I ain't even want to do that because I just knew that wasn't my lifestyle because I was always into sports. I was in sports since I was like from five to 16. Yeah, about 16. I was just always in the sport doing something. So I just knew like that was my life. I just knew that wasn't for me because like I said, I kept getting out, trying it, 
and it didn't work, tried it again, didn't work, tried it again, didn't work. So I was just like, all right, man, I got to change my mindset, the people around me and everything. So I just had like a spiritual rebirth. And man, it been, it been, I've been feeling refreshed, replenished, rejuvenated, everything. It just re, as in like starting over again, you know, again. So yeah, that, that would mean to me, a spiritual rebirth. And for me, y'all, I think recovery is it's just like what all of y'all said, but I, I heard somebody refer to it and maybe they weren't talking about recovery, but just in the whole statement of saying, you know, how sometimes you can go through the fire, come through the smoke and then, but you don't smell like smoke. You know what I mean? And for me, it's that's what I feel. I feel like God took me through, you know, he took me through so much so that I can learn from it, you know, and maybe it wasn't him taking me through it. It was, it was really Tanisha take, taking herself through it. But God brought me out and I don't smell or look like the smoke. You can't tell today. Like I remember somebody when we were talking about who all been to jail and all of this. And then one of the people on the on the group said, if I looked at you, I wouldn't even know that you went to jail. And I'm like, that's a good thing. That mean, God, you know what I'm saying? God did something in me. He didn't change something in me that you can't even tell who I was before. So that's what recovery is to me. It's like I can become who I was supposed to be, who I was really designed to be, you know, and I don't have to live by anybody else's standards, but my makers. That's what that's what recovery means to me today. Man. Yeah, that's what recovery means to me. So. All right. Let's go around and let's just talk about some of our successes. We always talk about successes, hopes and dreams and stuff like that. And when I say successes, I mean, like, what is something good that has come out of your recovery that you can see or, you know, you know, that has come from you being in recovery? Um, let's start with you, Amy. I think the best thing that has come out of my recovery is honesty, because the core of who I was for 40 years was a lie. And I didn't know how to live any other kind of way. You know, I didn't know how to how to how to be me. So the biggest gift recovery has given me is honesty. And in that honesty, I've been able to be quite humble and teachable. And I hope I remain that way forever because it's, it's really like, like Way said, it's like a whole weight lifted off of you. It's like I'm walking around on air now instead of just feeling so dragged down by life. So that's definitely where I am with that. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. That's, that's so true. Devante. What successes or what have you gotten from recovery so far that you you consider a success? Well, what I consider a success so far is being in my recovery. I can say my mindset. Like when I was on drugs or whatever, doing my thing, like my mindset it was it was in such a dark place, and you know, at the time and I was just I don't know. But now like I'm really thinking about my actions and thinking about my next step and like what I want to do with my life. And I really feel like I'm having an understanding of like what's my purpose in life. So yeah, yeah, my mindset, that's, that's my biggest, my biggest thing right there, my mindset. That's big, that's big, that's huge. Um, Way, tell us about some of your successes since you've been in recovery. Well, I'm not just maintaining a job, I'm working a job, that's the success. So that's the difference, you know, just holding the occupation to pay things for your addiction sucks. Like 
But being able to work and save money and plan for the future is a whole new experience for me. My family, some of my successes with my family, having like real conversations. Um, recently, my grandmother got, she is still super sick. And, um, you know, I would have been, I am the baby of the family and I would have been just that, the baby of the family. And 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 they would have had to been taking care of me. I, I, it's a full 360. Now I'm like, I'm really the soul of my family and I'm holding them up and, you know, letting everybody know it's going to be okay with every, with every small news that we get and, and all, or big news that we get, um, mentally successful. I'm, I'm finishing thoughts. And a minute ago, I just said the thing about working now that I'm at work, I'm having new ideas I'm bringing to my company and, and implementing them and, and carrying them out. I'm, they're not just ideas. They're more like plans because I'm actually carrying them out and making sure that they get done. I've been in the process of getting a promotion. So this would be my second promotion since since the DUI. Like you get what I'm saying? So, yeah. So I, it's a whole lot of successful things have been happening to me. But to be honest, I think my biggest success from this is being more spiritually aware and living in gratitude. Yeah. So, you know, this might sound crazy, but today I think right now when I was just thinking about my success, I consider it a success that I'm I'm trustworthy and people can rely on me. The fact that Mr. Bill could ask me to do this today, that he could believe in me. See, sometimes I get overwhelmed and think I can't do something. But the fact that somebody else believes enough in me that I can do it, to me, that's a success. Because I know before I wasn't that trustworthy. Before, there may have been people who might have thought I was reliable, but I would have failed them every time. You know, so to me, that's a success today for me. So I want to know because I think recovery messaging is really big. I think that a lot of times in our meetings, we know that to carry the message to the person who still suffers is big. So I want to know today, what put it in your heart to say, yeah, I'll come on here. I want to get on the radio and say, you know, I got something to say. Why are you doing it? You know, what made... What put it in your heart to do it? Way, you know I'm starting with you. Because <laughs> he he called me up like, hey, I got I got something to say. I need to get on the radio. <laughs> right. I sure enough did. And I'm happy you obliged, to be honest with you. You did not have to accept me. I know there were so <laughs> yeah, many books. We wouldn't turn you down. <laughs> <laughs> um, honestly. So I was taking self-inventory of myself about um probably two weeks ago two, three weeks ago, roughly. It was probably three weeks ago. And um, the radio um, station came up. Now, I'd done the show before. And of course, I was there and I was brutally honest. But at the same time, I was just, I believe I was just getting into phase two. And I didn't finish the passage about phase two. I didn't finish my step. I didn't write it out. I wasn't in full detail. I was still basically in phase one, which... I would like to say I wasn't in denial anymore, but at the same time, I still was in my, I was still was, I still was in the beginning of acceptance. And so all my answers came from, it came from the heart, but it also came from the me being worried or being scared of the future, still not knowing. 
what it is I'm about to embark on, what kind of journey I'm about to take. So now that I am, I seamlessly passed phase two and I am, I already presented my phase three, just waiting to phase up. I am enlightened. I, I feel like a totally different person from that last recording that we did. And I felt like it was my duty to get on and now tell my truth from this perspective than the last one, because although I, I gave credit to the, the program the last time, I want to give credit to myself and my peers this time, to, to the program, my peers and myself, because where, where I was then is not where I'm at now. And I want everyone to know that there's definitely room to grow. There's a plate there. Don't think that you're sitting still when you're in this program. You're not. You're moving forward. You just, you don't even know it until it hits you. Until it hits you, until you go back and you think about what you was thinking about at that very time that day. Like I listened, you sent me the recording and I'm listening to the recording. I'm like, I don't even feel that way anymore. <laughs> like, you know, like even though I was good and every idea was great, I was I sounded great at the same time. But now I'm at a place where, no, I'm not done with it. But at the same time, I'm done with those thoughts. My thoughts are different now. So I wanted to get on here and actually give a different perspective from now the the way in phase three, you know, and 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 how far I came and how how far that I'm looking to go. But I'm still not I'm still not looking into the future. I'm still living one day at a time. But I'm look I'm definitely looking to go far. So yeah, I, I needed to join and actually tell my story. My story is not over with. So exactly, exactly. We we are progressing and growing and that's that's Exactly. I say that all the time is that, you know, I, I practice progress and not perfection because I know that every day it's a work in progress. And and to look back and reflect on those things, that's what keeps us going to keep moving like, dang, I, I grew from three months ago. I was thinking like this, but now I'm like this. That's us being able to see our growth. Um, Devante, tell me about what made you agree today <laughs> other than Mr. Bill asking you to stay on. <laughs> Uh, I ain't gonna lie when the last meeting I was in and he kind of proposed the little invitation for me to do the uh, radio interview. I was kind of nervous. <laughs> I was like, what? You want me to do the interview? I was like, oh man. But then uh, I had to sit back and think like, in order for me, you know, in order for me to grow, you know, and really work my my steps and my in my recovery and everything, you know, you got you got to get up, you got to be uncomfortable and everything. You got to you know give everything a try. So uh, I was I was going to actually reach out to you and ask you could I stay the way it was like kind of need to stay. Type. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I was I was glad that happened. But um, but yeah, I'm like I feel like I can I'm ready to tell my story and everything and you know participate and and let this thing run its course. Definitely, um, definitely. Absolutely. Amy, Amy, we already know that you're full of messaging, man. You're full of, you have powerful, powerful messaging. Um, but what makes you want to keep telling your story? What made you agree to come on to the radio show today? Well, it, the short answer is I'm ready. But the reason I'm ready is because I'm no longer limited by any fears that somebody might discover I'm full of crap because I'm not. Because I'm living in 100% truth now. So right. the fears that have limited me my entire life are gone. And I'm 100% ready now to, to, to be me and to be real. And 
I know that that it's going to help somebody. And that's what's really important to me right now. We would like to take a moment to acknowledge some of our partners in recovery. We are appreciative partners of the Georgia Mental Health Consumer Network and would like to acknowledge them for providing peers with mental health resources and opportunities to become certified peer specialists in specific domains of their recovery. You can visit their website by going to www.gmhcn.org. We are also proud to be in partnership with the Georgia Council on Substance Abuse. They provide multiple recovery resources in the CARES Support Warm Line. You can visit their website by going to gasubstanceabuse.org. So we have, of course, y'all heard us talking about, you know, we already a recovery community, but like we talk about a lot of times we see people who are in our recovery community going through like CPS training, through different things, whether it's just becoming involved in like the radio, doing the interview or becoming a sponsor, just things in recovery that we we do to kind of keep our support foundation strong. Is there anything, I just want to ask each one of you, is there anything that you hope or see yourself or have a vision for yourself to be involved in the recovery community? Uh, let's start with you, Amy. Definitely want to get that CPS, you know, just like you, T. And what my vision is for for my own recovery is to work actively with grit and grace, with, you know, recovery on fire, with you, with Bill, and, you know, be this dream team legacy that gives me so much sense of purpose, Yeah, purpose that I've never had before. And it's it gets me almost emotional because it's it's so exciting to me. And that's that's my vision for myself. You know, I think I'm gonna fast forward a year from now. I see me me and T having having us a nice little luncheon in in, in the state of Michigan where we're setting up a new recovery community organization. You know, right. that's the kind of stuff that I see now. Never would have thought that a year ago. Yeah. All I was trying to do was get myself a better job again because I was tired of doing what I was doing. Yeah. I had no purpose. So having a purpose is like a whole 360 for me too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Way, where do you see yourself? Do you see yourself being involved in the recovery community, you know, after you graduate or on down the line or even next week or whatever? Where do you see or, or what are your hopes and, and desires for the recovery community and your involvement? Well, that's really a... Uh hard thing for me to answer because I also I gave it a lot of thought I'm giving it a lot of thought it's not out of my mind I think right now I'm so I'm set up and doing things one day one day at a time and trying to make all the right decisions that my God have placed in front of me I'm not really sure where that lands me in the future my, I got high hopes I I know that the recovery community is going to thrive um and I do feel right now that I do want to be a part of it in some way. I just don't know how in the scheme of all of it will I be involved right now on a personal end. You know, I got my daughter going to college and my other daughter moving down here with me. So I kind of want to get in front of that and handle 
you know, my business so I can develop the time to actually put myself 100% into the program because I don't want to get involved with anything when I don't have my full intentions in it. So that's that's just where I stand right now today. But tomorrow may be a whole different um, different thought. So I I know that the community is going to thrive and I'm going to visit. I'm going to pop in. I'm going to share. I'm going to communicate. I'm going to be a force that others can lean on. I just don't know if I'm going to actually be a CPS. Yeah, I mean, and and that's, of course, not the only thing. We've seen you out at volunteer events and things like that. And we know, like you said, you know, you might be on another radio show a couple months from now and be like, you know what, I want to do this. (laughs) So, yeah. You know, we all a work in progress and I and I respect you for saying it because family is everything, you know. And yes, CPS is it's multiple pathways. You know, it is not cut and dry. Everybody has to have a CPS certification. And that's why I was asking, you know, what are your hopes and what's your dreams and how, you know. But I know you and you have been involved, like I said, in, in the volunteer opportunities and all of that. So yep. yeah. Yeah. Thank you. But, yeah, no problem. Devante, um, how do you see or tell me about some of your your hopes and dreams? And I'm, I'm going to kind of curve this question a little bit. It doesn't necessarily have to be just in the recovery community. It could just be tell us some, about some of your hopes and some of your dreams, like Way said about his family and his girls, you know, or, you know, tell us just let us know some of the things that you want for your life. Um, well, one, I just, I want my life to be way better than it was because I wasn't getting nowhere. But if you would have asked me if I wanted to be a CPS in this, in this, uh, program, whatever, five months ago, I would have been like, no, <laughs> you know, but, uh, but right now, I mean, like I still, I'm still, it's still growing on me. I'm still doing some growing and everything. So um, right now, like, I feel like, well, I don't have like a, a certain answer about that, but probably a year from now, if you would ask me, I would probably be, you know, down for it, you know, or a week from now, or, you know, I might wake up tomorrow, you know, have a different mindset about it. But, um, but yeah, but what I want, man, I just, I just want my life to be way better than it was. Like, I'm really, I'm really trying to take advantage of the, um, of the, College with the Georgia Piedmont thing that that y'all have going on. I'm really trying to you know get my CDLs and and you know go that route and everything. Cause, yeah. you know, especially because it's free too. So I mean, why not take advantage of that? You know. So, but I mean, um, I also like deep down inside, I always felt like I always wanted to be like a, a herbalist. You know, so you know, like within like the black community, whatever majority of it is like. People like they don't really take care of themselves, and it's more so because like they they not really educated on you know they just what was passed down you know from generation to generations and everything. So I I always wanted to be that type of person, be like, hey man, you know maybe should you know try this route, you know take care of your health, you know eat right, you know mm-hmm. you know meditate and all this and everything, like what to, what to eat and all that. So I always thought of, like in the back of my mind, I always wanted to do that. So. I feel like my purpose in life was always to, you know, just reach out and help folks. So any way I can help, you know, that's what I, I, I like. I feel like I should be doing. So the CPS 
I don't know. I'm, I'm gonna get at a, a, a good. I'm, it's gonna be on my mind. It's gonna be in my head. So I'm, I'm gonna think about that. You know. Yeah, and it's interesting that you said that because basically what you're speaking about is like a holistic health, and that's yeah. what recovery ties in a lot to holistic health. Because I mean, although people have medications and things, it's the inside job, you know, and so that's why it's really. It's a spiritual program, you know, and, and that's why it's such a spiritual process and you have spiritual principles and things like that because mm -hmm. of um, the whole holistic um, mm -hmm. concept of it. All right. So I wanted the last question I really want to ask you all is what message do you have for the people out there? It could be somebody out there who is still suffering from any of their challenges, it be maybe mental health, it may be somebody supporting somebody, a family member of somebody, whoever it is that you have a message for, what message would you leave for the people out there in Radio Land to hear today? And we'll start with you, Amy. I think my biggest message is that you can recover and you can get better. And asking for help is not weakness, it is strength. And you can be strong and you can be courageous. Thank you. Thank you, Amy, for sharing that. Devante, what message would you share today for those people? Don't be scared to go out there and, you know, be the best you can be. Try to reach your fullest potential. Like Amy said, yeah, just don't, don't, don't be scared to go out there and, you know, think you can't be somebody when you, like, you can be anybody. Anything you, you can you put your mind to, you can be whatever, you know. Just, just don't be scared to go out there, give it a try. And, you know, just don't be scared of recovery. The first step is, you know, admitting it. So, like, as long as you, you can admit it, like, you, you can always get help and, you know, find recovery and everything. Like, just just work the steps and don't let the steps break you. Feel like that. Yes. And, Way, what would you leave, what message would you leave to the listeners today? Anything that you do on a substance is not truly you. Search deep within yourself when you make decisions because every decision has an outcome. Some of them positive, some of them good. And always, always adapt this little, this little phrase that I, I thought of when I, when I joined the program is called pivot. Always pivot. If something is not going right and you continuously do it over and over and you always get in the incorrect outcome, pivot and go the opposite direction, go the other direction and see what you get out of that. And that's basically what I did with my, what I'm doing with my recovery and what I did, because it's not over. And honestly, Amy took everything that I had and I love that because I mean, we're thinking on the same, we're going on the same. Oh, yeah, she took all my answers. But um, what I what I just iterated was those are all personal things to me that actually helped me see things within myself. So that's the best thing I can do after Amy. Yes. <laughs> um, and if I was to leave a message for the people I think what I took away from everybody and what they were saying today is basically that we have we have been there. You know, we've walked through different walks of life, different struggles. And 
to have recovery, it takes some work. You know, it does take some work. It takes a lot of work to put in, but it's worth it. When you come out on the other end, it's so much worth the work to put into yourself. It's like, it's an investment in yourself. It's a personal investment and it's worth it. So I think that just invest in yourself, invest the time and the work into yourself to give recovery a chance. That that would be my uh, message to the listeners today. And then I just want to leave everybody with, if you want to connect with us, you can connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or YouTube. All of those channels are under Grit and Grace RCO. And then we also have a podcast where you can replay these broadcasts on Google Podcasts, Anchor, Breaker, and there are several others that you can find on our Facebook page, how to connect to those podcasts. Yes. And so thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. Everyone just say bye to the listeners on the radio today. All right. Bye everybody. Thank you guys for tuning. Right, thank y'all. Thank you. Hey, it was, it was a good time. you know. All right. Yeah. I appreciate y'all taking the time. Thanks Thank you. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye, y'all. Wow. Gee, how time flies when you're having fun. Anyway, I want y'all to have a great day, and we'll see you here again next week. Yay! Thank you for tuning in and feeding your recovery with another episode of the Grit and Grace Recovery Hour. Remember that you can stay connected with us by following us on Facebook and Instagram at Grit and Grace RCO, or just keep coming back every Wednesday at 12 noon. Until then, and as always, cherish the chips you hold.